so I guess uh, today, John, we're talking about bad beers. No, no, don't know. They're sour beers. Yeah, acrid, bitter, briny. No, they're 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 just sour. That's a flavor. Right, caustic, rancid, unpleasant. No, it's just sour. Look, you'll you'll be fine. Just sour. Acrimonious. <laughs> Let's get unsavory with it. Welcome to Driftless Drinks. My name is John. And my name is Mark. And today we're going down the sour alley. It's going to be the acrid, bitter, acrimonious alley (laughs) of beer. (laughs) Because I know you've been looking forward to this one. Oh, buddy. Yeah, full disclosure. I'm just, let's get this out of the way. (laughs) I am not, I am not a fan of sour beers. I've never liked sour beers. I don't have a good understanding of them. That being said, there are a couple of sour beers I've tried that I actually really enjoy. Um, but I, they fall more into like the fruit ale kind of, you know, like lambic frambois. There are a handful of these beers that I have had and enjoyed, but sour as the more recent definition of the word in, uh, describing beer, I do not like, so this should be pretty entertaining. I totally, I, I know where you're coming from. I had, uh, I, I personally have not cared for sours very much i then came across a couple that were outstanding and i get how some people really dig the new american sours that's not what we're talking about today though is it i god i hope not (laughs) i i know what you're describing with the more modern version or modern definition of the word sour and to me a lot of that stuff tastes like the outside white coating on a warhead candy so that's been off-putting to me, but I find it interesting that you said you've had some really great, like outstanding sour beers, and that's where I need like somebody needs to drop me into a room of outstanding sours, so I just know what I'm looking for, and I'm kind of hoping that what we have here in front of us today is going to be one of those. Yeah, this is uh, Rodenbach Alexander. Uh, Rodenbach makes a number of good ones. They're a, they're a fine uh, Belgian brewery. Uh, and this one, it's on. It's based on their Grand Cru, which everybody really likes and really kind of talks about when you talk about the Rodenbach. But it's a cherry ale, so they've added they've added cherry to this. When I looked into this beer, it is close to a Flanders Red, but I haven't found anybody who definitively said that this is a Flanders Red style. Uh, it yes. is. It is made in Flanders, <laughs> so the, it, is it is a red, red ale. And it is red, and it's an ale. <laughs> So I'm guessing, but nobody ever turned around and said, this is a Flanders Red Ale. And if you don't spell it out for me, I can't say it is anything definitive. Got it. Well, John, you've laid out the beer in front of us. You want me to go around the label here quick? Oh, please do. All right. So this is the Rodenbach Alexander. It says aged in oak is, I'm going to mispronounce this. Is it Foders? Yeah, it's a Foder. You're exactly right. Ah, hey, nailed it. Look at me. So, okay, John, interestingly enough, what we had just talked about, Mm -hmm. it does say Flanders underneath aged in oak photos. So this is indeed a Flanders. Uh, And then underneath that, it says red ale macerated with juice from sour cherries. 
crafted and brewed in Roselaire, Belgium. Is that right? I yeah. probably pronounced that badly too. That's how I was pronouncing uh, it. Roselaire. Okay. Yep. We'll go with that for now, and somebody else can correct us down the road, and then we will issue an apology. <laughs> uh, <laughs> going around the label or, still, or will we? Go. Oh yeah, probably not. Probably we'll forego the last part, but it would be nice if somebody told us if we were wrong. We do appreciate that. Uh, alcohol, five point six percent by volume. 330 milliliter, which is just over 11 ounce bottle. I turn it over and it says Rodenbach Alexander. Rodenbach Alexander is based on a Rodenbach Grand Cru, which is unmacerated with juice from sour cherries. This is all things we've already derived here. Uh, This fruit ale is characterized by uniquely balanced sweet sour taste fruity cherry aroma and a complex aftertaste. Hmm. Rodenbach Alexander is the is this memorial ale for the co-founder of the Rodenbach brewing tradition, bringing a legend back to life? Oh, so somebody brewed this for their dead uncle. Cool. <laughs> well, so Rodenbach, uh, Rodenbach Alexander is flipping uh, the name of Alexander Rodenbach, who died a very long time ago. They started brewing this in 1986 um, for the 200th anniversary of his birth. So it's there's oh, wow. yeah it's they they call it uh, his spiritual father of the uh, sour Fodor beers, so that's where this came from. Cool. Other information I found on it they uh, the cherries they use are these uh, Norderkraken cherries, which are apparently sour. And mm. one of the things that they do with this this style of beer and actually a couple of styles of beer is they mix it. So this is actually mixed with one third young beer and two-thirds beer that's been matured in the oak foders so the whole thing hasn't been matured oh, cool. but two-thirds of it has and they and they age up for two years it's gonna be an interesting <laughs> an interesting drink here should we uh get right into this thing i think we should let's light this candle buddy all right i'm armed and ready three two, two one, one. That was not terribly eventful. You might have heard a little bit of a crunchy sound there. That's the, there is a... Uh, they have Captain Crunch around the label <laughs> on top. <laughs> well, it's, it's yeah. It's... Yep. That was the Crunch Berries. It, it's, it's foil. They've got foil. Oh. All right. I was lying. Down they go. And it is that red... You know what? There's like a little brown in there, too. I find that really interesting. Ooh. And red she be. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like a dark kind of rosé color, but with uh, a shade of brown in it. But up near the head, it's very, very red. And it it really depends on the lighting that you're putting through it. It's like multi-hued. It's like a... Remember when DuPont came out with that paint job in the 90s that switched colors as it moved by you on a vehicle? (laughs) Yep, yep kind of like that it's really effervescent i'm i'm digging that it Bub- is bubbles are i mean i've got a pretty clean glass here I, I make sure that the glass is good and clean before we start this these shenanigans bubbles come up the head is yeah. head sticking right in there it's a, it's a bright white head on this too it is i'm catching a hint of uh like that pink rose color off of it because of the lighting in here all right i'm sticking a nose in it sure <laughs> 
Whoa. Sour she is. Yeah. It smells tart. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you call me? (laughs) When you really draw draw through, there is a really nice uh, malty back to this. I mean, in the nose. It smells like a, without the spices, like a Christmas beer. But with, like without the cinnamon or the nutmeg or whatever that, you know, yeah. the coriander, whatever. There's a sweetness that isn't cherry, too. I wonder if that's the, if I'm picking up oak from the from the barrel. You might be. There's definitely the pucker factor in the nose. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's there. It's going after the nose hairs. I, I love the smell but, of it, though. I really do. I, yeah, honestly, this is not at all off-putting yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still on board here. My apprehension is slowly dying away. Maybe it shouldn't. I still have some anxiety about this. Though, John. <laughs> you know, there's, you know, there's. I'm actually getting a little bit of an almond scent off of that too. Really? Oh my god. Yeah. I'm just blown away by this tartness and the fruit notes and. Yeah, I had to get past that. I don't know. You I know, don't know if I can. Well, shall we uh, stick a thermometer in it? See what we're at here. I found a recommended serving temperature. And it is. 42 to 46, which is awfully cold, and I am nowhere near that. I am down at 56. Yeah, I'm hovering about 50. Yeah. So we have two different starting points here. Mine came right out of the fridge, too. I don't understand it. Maybe you got to turn the dial to the right. My bottle doesn't have a dial. Oh, well, then you're screwed. I'm screwed. I'm just noticing the the little bit of the... in the label, the cherries that are in the back end there. I didn't notice those before. Oh, yeah. I totally missed that, too. Good catch. All right. Well. You can, you can tell John used to be in, like, graphic design. He looks for all these things. <laughs> well. I'm, I just look at it and go, foil top, red label, words. <laughs> yeah, but you can read them. There's the difference there. <laughs> Boy, I was struggling on the back of this, though, because it's in some sort of script font, and it's really tiny. Yep. And I'm like trying to read as slow and deliberately as I possibly can because I'm like, <laughs> usually I can like read ahead. And, you know what I mean? But this one was just very like, I must make out every word <laughs> hard to read. T- let's take a quick break, uh, take a shot for the gram, and uh, we'll come back and <laughs> Mark's going to drink this. Fucker Factor 11. And we're back. Hey, uh, if you want to check out that picture, make sure to follow us on Instagram. We uh, put those up ahead of time um, so that maybe you can pick some up and drink with us. Uh, We also put up a bunch of other stuff there just for fun and giggles. And uh, hey, if you want to actually see our shining faces, follow us on YouTube and you can find everything out about us. Well, not everything. But you can find a lot of stuff about us. Social security uh, number and address, though, are on there. Well, just those. Yeah, th- those are at driftlessdrinks.com. Um, go for that. Right. <laughs> go go there. Go there. And do stuff. Yeah. You'll see, you'll see a lot of John. Yeah. And at, he does a wonderful job with the videos. Yeah, and you can also follow us on Facebook. And hit us up wherever you can find us on, on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're, uh, if you see us there, you see us on YouTube, see us on Facebook. Make sure right. that you... You say hi, because we really like it when you say hi. 
Exactly. If you want to say see John, you go to his house. If you want to see me, you can come over to my house. That's cool. We'll have a beer. That's where we live. All right, man. We've smelled it. We've tempted it. We've... I even rolled it around the glass a little bit. Yeah, I did that too. It's kind of fun. All right. And the head is still there. I still have a really nice head on yep. that. It's such a well-made beer. Got All right. Nice ring on the outside of mine as well. But does it taste good? <laughs> All right. Shall we go in? Okay, here we go. Plug nose. No, don't do that. Okay, just kidding. Mm. Oh, shit. I'm, I'm digging hey, that. Hey, I can get behind this. Mm-hmm. This Ooh. is not nearly as offensive as I am <laughs> <laughs> glad that it isn't. <laughs> mother-in-law said that about my wedding uh, <laughs> this is actually pretty good mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really pleasantly surprised here it is so make no mistake it's tart the 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 sour the sour cherry that tart cherry is first and foremost i'm getting some other fruit out of that too that almond flavor is sitting in the back just a touch the the malt is there that's the nice thing about this. You know, I've had some sours where it was all sour, no backbone. Right. Yeah. And I I would rather eat a Sour Patch Kid, which I actually right. like, but I would prefer that over a sour beer like that. This one is really much smoother, and it does have that, that finish, that tacky, not tacky, kind of that, that mildly acidic finish, but not in the back of your throat. Like on the top of my palate and my tongue is where I'm getting it. I'm I'm getting a lot of the sour cherry, but I think there's balance in in the in the malt. It uh, let me take another swig here, quick. Yeah, go I, for it. I'm honestly a little bit. Uh, I'm in a little bit of a haze with this one because I really didn't know what to expect coming in, <laughs> and I was quite honestly preparing for the worst. This is by far not the worst. This is <laughs> this is actually good and drinkable, and I'm trying to figure out how to wrap my mind around that at the moment because I'm just. I've never been a huge sour fan. And this re- really reminds me to some degree of New Glarus's Belgian Red, which I absolutely adore. Uh, it's a little bit different, though. I'm trying to place uh, place a finger on if it's part of the barrel aging. I guess I don't know much, if anything, about like sour yeast styles and what that can impart. Um, but it's it's, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out, I guess. <laughs> Well, I, I said a whole lot without saying anything. <laughs> Look at that! Yeah, killing some time right there. <laughs> well, I I really think you hit you hit you hit it. It's the the difference between this and the cherry ale from uh, New Glarus is that aging. That's what I'm. That barrel aging to me is what's doing it, and that blend. Sure. That blend between the two gives it a little more maturity, I think, because you've got the two the two year aged. Uh, beer that's kind of going in with that fresher stuff, and so the two of them actually mix really, really well. It's it's pretty, pretty tasty. Yeah, I think the other thing it has going for it is, uh, like you were saying earlier, the carbonation, which just seems to kind of keep coming. Mm-hmm. Um, really floats that that tart cherry and the sour yeast kind of a thing going on you know what i mean it really oh, yeah. kind of floats that without being making it offensive mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I. The thing that's what's interesting about the Flanders Red style is that they use lactobacillus, and that's pulled up from the that's pulled up from the oak photos. It's from that's where that's they make sure that those are inoculated with lactobacillus, and that gives it almost a smoother mouthfeel. If okay. this, as opposed to sours that are made with something like Brettanomyces, Brettanomyces has got, that's got the bite. That's got that hard, hard edge bite. And some of the people who really enjoy the sour style, they're into the Brett and they like, there's t-shirts, you know, got Brett, that kind of thing. And I find it okay. I mean, I had to have something that was a little blended before I kind of got into that. But when you got the lactobacillus, it's a little smoother experience. Gotcha. So that that helps with the mouthfeel a little bit. I think so. Yeah, I think that's I, my understanding is that's that's the case. Again, not an expert, not an expert in beer. Period. Certainly not an expert in this. So there's so there's other there's other styles out there uh, besides the besides the Flanders Red. So lambic beers are that's the, the main fruit beers that you'll find. Uh, I'm I, I'm pretty sure that the the New Glarus Red is a lambic. Um, I can't gotcha. swear to that. I think it is. There's really only a handful of Belgian brewers that apparently are doing lambics. So this is kind of a new world um, thing. But one of the cool things about this, about making a lambic, is that they use these things called cool ships, <laughs> and it's not it's not spelled C O O L. It's spelled K O E L K O E L S C H I P, and they're troughs essentially. So what they'll do is they'll take the beer and then they'll put it in these troughs and they'll leave it open to the air for several days and i i know that it's several days and i've heard of them going for like two weeks and what that does is it allows the the beer to pick up flavors from or pick up different microbes from the air around it there is one brewery in belgium called cantillion um cantillion and they've been doing it for like centuries the cantillion which is in anderlecht belgium i'm saying that wrong i promise you i'm saying that wrong um they've they actually have rafters that have been around for i mean the, the place is old and they think that the rafters themselves these wooden rafters are you know harboring these microbes that are giving their their beer uh this particular flavor which i, I find that just that whole idea is fascinating to me of getting right. you know because that's what sourdough is right you're picking up the the yeast from that's it that's not lactobacillus but you're getting you know di different what was it saccharomyces i think is what it is you're getting that from the air and and uh, some other get some other really interesting yeasts <laughs> to come in. so they usually work usually works out okay um if it smells really bad don't drink it got to be careful around the cow barn yeah yeah so there's other styles like old bruin uh oud bruin uh which is o-u-d B R U I N. Um, that's a Belgian uh, sour, and that's made in East Flanders, um, and that's kind of a brown ale. So they, they'll start with that. That's cask gauged as well, and then that's that's looking for a lactic ex, uh, acidity there as well. What we see a lot is the Goza style, and you'll see that oh, as yeah. the G O S E. It's normally a traditional German style wheat beer, but 
boy, that's what a lot of breweries pick up on when they go to do a sour, they'll do these gozas. That's not to be confused with the goose, which is a different, and that's spelled G-U-E-Z-E. -E. That's a different kind of beer altogether. Um, there's Berliner and Weiss beers are out there. Those were big in the 1800s. Um, you can still find some of those. I've had a couple of them. They're good. They throw you a little bit because you don't really expect that sourness to it. And they're usually, they'll throw a syrup in there. And one of the syrups they use is the stuff called Woodruff, uh, green Woodruff. Um, hmm. Yeah, and I had to look that up. The first time I had one and it said that on the label, I'm like, what is that? And it's an herb. Um, we just don't huh. we just don't grow it around here. And so it has a unique, unique flavor as well. And then of course, you've got all the American sours. The, the history goes back so far that you can't really dive into a history of it because it's just so old and there are so many different kinds. So you really just have to kind of, you know, try a couple of them out, know that they are going to have wildly different flavors. You know, one that we tried was, who made that one? Uh, the, it was the, it was the Freak, which was a combination oh, of, uh, Odell. Odell made that one. Yeah. And they aged that one too. And that I thought was, that was pretty good. That one I think had a good, good pucker factor to it without being in your face. Yeah, that one was interesting. The barrel aging had a lot to do with that one though, in my opinion, if I recall correctly. Mm -hmm. Kind of knocked off the edges a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it did. And the, the problem I had with it is it was a 10 ounce bottle and it was $12. Oh yeah, ouchie. Yeah, so that was that was a once. That's that was a one-time go. The Rodenbach here, what? Four, it was a came in a four-pack. These are how many? You said, and I completely spaced out. Eleven point two ounces, three hundred and thirty mil. Three hundred thirty mil. I think. I think that's pretty standard for the imports, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I think what was it? Like twelve bucks for a four-pack? Is that right? Yeah, something like that. It wasn't, which isn't bad and this is the kind of beer that you're gonna pour and sip and enjoy for long periods of time yeah definitely this is not a chugger which is interesting <laughs> that the uh that the entry point uh to pour it in your glass is what'd you say 46 degrees said for yeah it said 42 to 46 degrees and I Boy, don't that know. seems a little seems awfully cool i me. i agree but i agree that being said curious to see how it warms just a little bit I get the feeling it may open up a little more with some of that depth of uh, the uh, the malt back and the uh, the cherries. I did see a recommendation that it would keep up for two up to two years in the bottle. So it, we didn't look oh, at really? the year on this. Oh my god, did we see a year on this? Uh, okay. Oh, there we go. It, it, it has a date code, and I didn't get to it because I didn't understand it because it says a uh, production date, JD two one zero eight one, which. Does that mean the year of 21? But there's a zero. It's like a, it's a five-digit code. I don't understand what's going on. Anyway. Well, yeah, and mine underneath says 1705.11, and knowing this is Europe, that mine would be the... Too. Yeah, this would be... I don't know if that's saying that it's May 17th of 2001. That can't be... Or uh, 2011, that can't be right. Or 2017, May 11th, or... November 5th of 17th? <laughs> I don't know. No, we don't know. They don't have a good date on this. Or, I don't know. We don't know Maybe the code. somebody could tell us what the what it means. What does this all mean? C or is the 2 the year, 10 is the month, and 81 is the day? Anyway, so, I mean, hopefully it's good, right? 
Well, it seems like it's good. It I would seem say. like it's bad. No, no, I'm actually enjoying it. Shall we uh, take a break, let it warm up a little bit, and come back and see how it flies then? Sure. And we're back with the Rodenbach Alexander. We believe this is a Flanders Red Sour, and Mark was just talking about how much he absolutely loves sours now. I like this one. No lie, this one was uh, much better than I had anticipated, just because I've been scared off by a handful of sours before, and this one was much more uh, inviting, mm-hmm. easy to get into, I would say, so... I guess if you're somebody like me who either hasn't tried much for sours or doesn't like them, this may be a good foray into it. I would also throw in there the uh, the new Glarus fruit beers as well. And you know, John, you were talking about the different styles of sours and whatever, mm-hmm. too. I did a little bit of looking up about it. It's really interesting to see how it's like where sours begin and where uh, like fruited sours or fruit beers begin and end and graph and ciders and it's all kind of different but the same shall we take a thermometer reading now and see where we're at sure why not i don't change that much i'm 61 which is crazy because it's like 80 degrees in here with all the equipment going john works in a lab with like he's got (laughs) he's got a server farm over there and Igor, bring a bottle opener. Yes, <laughs> master. So I got about 58. 58. So not yeah. too not too far off of where we were. So it's not not warmed up much. Some of the effervescence is starting to fade a little bit, and now there's a little bit more body to it. Yeah, the, I just stuck a nose in it and really, really enjoyed the smell of it. it yeah, this is actually quite, quite good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I gotta go in for taste. Now that it's a little warmer and it's actually some of the, the carbonations dissipated, there's a lot of body there now. And not as much, like the yeah. tartness is almost, it's like just in the aftertaste. So you get a lot of cherry flavor without without a big hit yeah. of tartness. And then that's beautiful body to it. And then that little bit of that tartness is on the end. It's like, it's in my lips. It's like, it's my lips are... <laughs> My lips are a little on the tangy tart side. Yeah, and that's, and I, I'm trying to attribute that to maybe with the lessening of the uh, carbonation, right? So mm-hmm. it's allowing a little bit more of that body to kind of develop and stick around. Right. Um, that's that's kind of what I'm getting off it, but I, I, very similar to what you're tasting. You know, those cherries are definitely, there's definitely a big fruit bouquet. Oh, yes, we have a bucket. Pronounced bouquet, dear. Sitting right in the middle of it now. <laughs> oh, but yeah. now, you know, now the that tartness is being pushed a little bit further back. Now I'm starting to get a little more of the barrel cut, too, toward the end. Yeah, we're, we're, we appreciate the, the barrel flavoring in a, in a good aged beer. Yeah, especially with something like this where it can help maybe take the edge off or give a little complexity, a little more complexity to something that, you know, could get a little runaway tart or a little runaway with the, uh, like the, the yeast, you mm-hmm. know, the wild yeast type thing. You were asking about food pairings with this. Oh, yeah. That's where I wanted to go after that. Uh, we just did what we did there. Yeah. So the very, fir- <laughs> so the very first thing that comes to my, to my mind is ice cream. 
like a, a good French oh, vanilla man. ice cream with you this win. on the side. If I was going to go something more savory, then it, it really comes back to honestly a game meat. I mean, uh, like a, a venison with this would. Oh yeah, that, dude. You have that with Bingo. like little parsnips on the side with some with some roasted carrots and have this. That I mean, just everything would come together there. So I that's that's where my mind. What, what do you think? I go with your initial reaction of something like pretty sweet and heavy or something with a heavy cream base to it. So a matching profile for me coming from the Midwest, right, would be like a uh, strawberry rhubarb dump cake. Ooh, ooh, okay. And so that's like the matching flavor profile to this beer. Right, right. What I want is like a homemade heavy cream on top of that. So I would look for something exactly like you're talking about with uh, vanilla ice cream, like a really solid vanilla ice cream. As we've said before, it's beer. Any cheese will go fine. I, th- I could see a highly stinky cheese going with this one. <laughs> I don't know. That that might. I don't know. It might, it might be a lot would, of fun funk going on there. Be a lot of funk going on there. Yeah, it'd be. I don't. I don't want a uh, microbe war in my in my mouth. I just I brush my teeth to avoid that kind of thing. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. Maybe like a blue cheeseburger. I had a burger recently at a place. I'm not. I'm going to plug them. You know, not a sponsor. They're uh, Red Cow in Rochester. Went okay. went and ate there with with the kids and the grandkids. The burger I had was a blue cheese burger, and they put apricot jam on top of the melted yeah. blue blue cheese. Let's go. And, and the whole thing was on a brioche hard roll. That and this beer would be outstanding. It'd be a lot of, there'd be a lot of some some tang going on there be, between the two, but just the apricot jam with that blue cheese that the two melody each other out and then this thing would go well with the sweetness of that brioche. It oh yeah. That would be it's too bad they don't have this. <laughs> they had good oh, beer. Right? They, they had good beer there, but I don't think they had Rodenbach Alexander there. That sounds amazing. You're making me hungry. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm getting hungry too. I think we're on to something though. I think you can do burger and dessert. Oh, yes. I think you should. <laughs> I think you should. You know what? Okay, let's do that. <laughs> we'll, grill out, we'll grill out some burgers. We'll blue cheese them up. We'll throw mm-hmm. some uh, apricot marmalade on it and a brioche bun. Crack open some Alexander's here. There you go. Yep. And then we'll finish it up with a bowl of vanilla ice cream. With oh. heavy whipping cream on top. I'm so, uh, I'm so yes. in. So Nailed in. Well, John, here we are. Final thoughts. What do you got on the Rodenbach Alexander? Uh, really enjoy it. The... The, the sourness, it just plays as tartness. The barrel aging just carries this thing forward. The malt back end makes the whole thing feel substantial, so you're not just having a sweet tart kind of thing. I really enjoyed it, and I'm super happy I got some more bottles in the fridge because I can't wait to have this and grill out. It will be wonderful. Yeah, totally echo that. Um, 
I am really surprised that I can drink my way through an entire sour. Actually, I shouldn't be too surprised at that, but I am surprised. This is my first go with Rodenbach, and this Rodenbach Alexander is excellent. Much, much better than I had anticipated. I really didn't have any thoughts on this coming in. I'm super glad we got a hold of these. And uh, if again, if you're like me, don't have a big wealth of knowledge about sours, I would say this is a probably as easy of a landing spot to drop into them <laughs> as you could get. And uh, on top of that, this beer is excellent. So that's that's all I got. Outstanding. Driftless Drink Studio Recording, courtesy of HPJ Studios in Tomo, Wisconsin. Be sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. And like us on Facebook and Instagram, where we feature each episode's brews a week or so ahead of time. Visit us at driftlessdrinks.com where you can comment on each episode and drink along with us on the Driftless Drinks YouTube channel. Well, that's it for this episode of Driftless Drinks. My name is John. And my name is Mark. Keep a cold one handy for us. Acidic, acrid, biting. No. Fermented, musty, peppery? No. Pungent, sharp, unpleasant. Uh, Sour. Acidulated, astringent, bad. It's sour. Turned, tart, stinging. No, it's fine. It's just sour. Vinegary, unsavory, unwholesome. Oh, my God. Keen? Acetious? Acetious? What (laughs) the hell does that mean? A-C-E-T-O-U-S. I don't know. Let me click that. (laughs) Oh, its synonyms are acerbic, acidulous, acrid? No. Harsh, tangy, tart. Uh, Okay, maybe. (laughs) Finally, we've come to an agreement. There we go. (laughs) Grudging, jaundiced, embittered? (laughs) Jaundiced. (laughs) We're not on flavors anymore. Disagreeable, ill-natured, ill-tempered. I'm getting there. Peevis. (laughs) Peevis. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peevish, ungenerous, waspish. I'm sorry, waspish? Grouchy. Grudging? I already did that. Now I'm backtracking. <laughs> Unpleasant is a good one. Discontented. Discontented. Oh god. All right, we we yeah uh, we can pull well, something out of that. It. No, that's good. We can pull something out of that. All right, I'm gonna hit stop. Yeah, probably good, good call. All right. Shall we bring it back? Well, till next time, whatever. Uh, yep. <laughs> I'm this guy. <laughs> and he's the other guy. Yep. See you later. Here we are, two dudes trapped in a podcast. <laughs> Have a good evening. No hope no hope uh, getting out. <laughs>
Good night and good luck. <laughs> and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> Whatever's left of it. <laughs>